Welcome to our very first podcast called Theology and Culture. I am Deshaun Jones, a sophomore mathematics major, econ minor from Clearwater, Florida, and I'm also an AME minister. This podcast was created for us, those of us searching to make sense of it all, the Bible and the culture and the Bible and our culture. We are members of the Wesley Foundation at Howard University. I am Octavia Allen Whitfield, a senior biology, maternal and child health double major, chemistry minor from Elyria, Ohio. And as we discuss, we won't always agree, and that's totally fine because we're all united by the love of Christ. And so we're here to have discussions and debates, and that's okay. My name is Lauren Jackson. I'm a senior marketing major from Dallas, Texas. So, guys, uh, well, let me just introduce myself. I am Reverend Alexis Brown. I'm the United Methodist Chaplain uh, for Howard University. And I'm excited to talk about tonight. Our topic is exciting. Has the church lost its power? That's a good one. I know, right? Yeah. So, uh, Deshaun, you know our text, and that's going to be up on the air, but just explain a little bit about that. Yeah, so our text is from uh, John's Gospel, the ninth chapter, the first of the 41st verses. It's a big, lengthy passage. Uh, but the text centers around a man, a beggar, who was born blind. Jesus comes to him, he's walking down, and he heals him on the Sabbath. And that sends the Pharisees up in smoke. They are enraged that Jesus would, you know, violate the Sabbath and heal this man. And so they, they say Jesus is evil. They run this whole entire investigation. Remember, it's the Sabbath just to see if this man was really, really born blind. They call in his parents, and his parents are afraid of the leadership. And so they're like, yeah, he was born blind, but we don't know who healed him. We don't, we don't have the full story. And so they told the leaders, you know, go ask him, you know, ask him for himself who healed him. So they go back, the leaders, the Pharisees, they go back, they question this man. And then they responded with this question and this statement that only God uses the righteous to perform such works. So this man is kicked out for, you know, not doubting his miracle and not for, and for turning away from Jesus, from Jesus. And so Jesus hears the man is kicked out of the synagogue and Jesus goes and invites him to believe in him. Uh, the man does, the man worships Jesus. And Jesus declares that he came to give sight. Um, he, gave, he came to give sight uh, and blind those who refuse to see who he really is. So the Pharisees, they're, you know, they're sinful people. They doubt Jesus. They doubt his ability. They doubt his messiahship um, because they, you know, they don't see clearly. They don't accept what they see, you know, in who Jesus is. So that's, that, that's basically our text, that Jesus heals and violates the Sabbath, and he sends the church folk, you know, up in a, up in a storm about it. <laughs> It's kind of crazy because, like, when when we're thinking about our topic, right, and it says, has the church lost its power? And you think about one of the things that I, when I look at that text, everybody had power in certain ways. You know what I mean? Like, do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So the Pharisees had power. Um, Jesus had power. Um, the parents had power. Yeah. The The... The blind man, you know, had power, um, but it wasn't equally distributed. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So um, how, how do you all see it, like, in terms of power and the power dynamics in the story? I think it's interesting because really the parents had power and chose not to use it. Mm. I think it's something to know. So, like, that could be like us choosing not to use it. Like, they could have advocated for him. But instead, they were cowardly. And the Bible talks about how they weren't 
at the inferior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I definitely agree. And I think that everyone had like different types of power. Like obviously Jesus had the ultimate power, like the spiritual power. But in that moment, the Pharisees had this um, hierarchical religious power. Um, and the parents had this power of being able to affirm or deny or confirm the story. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree that everyone had power in different ways. And and Lauren, back to what you were saying, you were saying that you kind of feel like the parents didn't use their power. But when we look at the end of the story, um, getting kicked out, I don't know if y'all know this, but getting kicked out of the synagogue or which would be like equivalent to the church, like everything centered around the synagogue. Like even thinking about your righteousness, if somebody could say that, um, you are righteous or not like that whole like living together was 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 so um, important and and the Pharisees had the power to do it. So, I mean, like, what do you say about that? Like, can you imagine someone saying like, oh, you're excommunicated from from everything that you know and you love? I, I think it's it. I think it's, yeah. you know, the misuse of power. You know, you're talking that everybody in the story had some type of power. And like everybody in the story kind of misused their power, except for Jesus. Jesus was the only one who used the power that he had, you know, to build somebody to, you know, to bring the kingdom of God into fruition here on earth. The parents kind of, you know, fumbled their power and kind of let it kind of sink off into the wayside. And the Pharisees just straight up abused their power that they had as leaders in the church or the synagogue. And, you know, they sent a man out because he had gone to Jesus and sought Jesus as the way. So I think it's a a real indictment on how we misuse power sometimes in the church and in religious circles. I like that because, you know, this is about theology and culture. And so, you know, we're using this, this particular text. What does this remind you of in terms of, you said misuse power. Like if we were thinking about today, like what is an example of that happening and I I know we have beaten this like a dead horse in terms of Mike Todd or whatever, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, anybody care to elaborate how you feel about it? Is that your pastor? <laughs> so so that's Lauren's pastor, that right? Is not okay, all right. Um, yeah, so he had the whole thing where he spat in his brother's eye. Uh-huh. I wonder his brother. Um, was his brother blind? No, okay. <laughs> no, uh, according to the apology mean. video, his brother was bald and is still bald, bald, so there was no power. Oh, <laughs> wow, but yeah, um, so he did that and it raised this great controversy about. Um, is he trying to be Jesus um, about if it was necessary? You know, yeah. What is, this po- what is the power of a leader, I guess? Like in those moments when you, I mean, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the position that if we're looking, if we're looking at the text, right? Think about the position that it, that it meant Jesus put himself in. It meant that he was definitely outcast. So if you want to look at Mike Todd, he was... He definitely took a risk. I don't think he, I don't think he anticipated that, but because, but Jesus knew because he told the blind man, don't say anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, what, 
what what does a good leader who has power what what do they do like what 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 would how does that show up um i think they're aware of their impact and they're aware of like who's listening and like what they say how that can impact others um because i think that he should have known that it would have like caused great controversy and people would be opposing and think that it was disgusting um, and things like that. So they have a good sense of self-awareness and they're not able to predict the future. Of course, you can't predict how everyone will react, um, but they're aware of their impact on others. But then that brings up the question that he's actually done this illustration before okay. and he didn't receive any pushback so maybe that'd be like oh it's safe this one's okay but this maybe time he's doing mindset. it in the middle of a pandemic and so <laughs> oh, that, cha- so I that didn't changes even think about that. i think that wow. changes the dynamic Look. i think like octavia says that he doesn't practice good discernment he doesn't practice good judgment <laughs> with how he does this or have other i think a good leader has people who are able to disciple them and lead them and like i like someone who you run ideas by um so that you're able to get feedback so i'm concerned is there anyone in his life that he's getting feedback from? Or is there anyone who's like, not that you need critics, um, but you should have an opposing opinion, I think. People I think that's hold helpful. you accountable, really. Yeah, people hold like, you people accountable. People like tell sure. you, you know, you've gone too far. You've crossed over the line. That's and, he's, and he said yeah. that in the apology <laughs> video that he posted. Oh, he did? He okay. said, I, he said, um, he said, I went too far. Okay. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that that's something that, you know, we should talk about with church leaders who go too far mm-hmm. or who take the power that they have and kind of exercise it in a way that's abusive. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it's abusive to, to rub your spit on any person's eyes. I mean, it's assault. Right. You know, it, it is. <laughs> if you agree on it. No. If it's agree <laughs> on it. No, not yeah. But, yeah. but But then you I have mean, to think agreed. about the power dynamics. I'm saying there. if someone spit on you, yeah. like but that's, that's his song. brother. He could have been like, nah. But like, you know, some people might not have done it. Some people probably did it. You know, I would have, some people might have agreed because, oh, that's my pastor. My pastor is asking me to do this. Yeah. So like, how does that power dynamic, that power structure in the church, like, you know, the pastor is asking you to do something. So though it might seem a little crazy or a little you know, left field, I'm going to do it because, you know, this is my leader. This is my spiritual yeah. leader. Yeah. I mean, there are things that that you just do because of leadership. You know what I'm saying? That you, don't, you don't agree? I, well, I'm thinking of maybe there's things that we don't do as we are lay members that we don't do that our leader commands us to. So, like, if we think about, like... Commands. I'm getting so Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so like, like, let's think about how when Jesus sent out his disciples and he was like, you will do greater things than I once I'm gone mm-hmm. and you have the power to heal. Mm-hmm. But like the common American, like, are we doing these things? So we could say that he's misusing his power, but are we as people doing the same in a different way? Or are we just like praying for randoms? Or like inviting people and preaching the gospel like we're supposed to with our power, you know. Well, I want to say this: like, I'm glad you brought up that we'll do even greater things, right? And if you think about, I think to be honest with you, and I never know what's going on inside of. I'm I try not to be as critical of leadership because I know it's hard to be a leader. So, so I know that part, right? But I think the scary part for me is that it if 
if we're looking if we're looking at this um if we're looking at this actual text right it shows it has some fruit to it 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 shows evidence of something impossible happening where that only god could do you know what i'm saying and i believe that those are the things that are supposed to come from the church and and it doesn't necessarily have to come from the the four walls of the church but but a miracle it was literally a miracle because no one they they were they had to investigate the pharisees were investigating if he was actually born blind or if this was just like a fluke you understand what i'm saying yeah. and so when god does stuff when god when god um Every time I see like Jesus doing, performing a miracle, it is people are in awe because it's something only God can do. And and if we can do even greater things, have we lost our power? Like, what are we? Are we are we more are we more performative? You know, and why why weren't the Pharisees excited that this man who turned into a beggar, um, why weren't they excited that he can now see? That's true. Who do who who is that for us today? Who gets their liberation? And who does the church get upset about? Yeah. I think in recent times that we've seen the church push back on those who are agents and proponents of change. And I think it's a big shift really in the dynamic of the church, especially the black church. Um, you know, when you were going through the civil rights era, the civil rights movement, the black church was one of the leading forces in that movement, advocating for justice and for liberation, for freedom, for all people. And now as we are moving into this 21st century church, uh, we're seeing the church push back on those, you know, especially members of the LGBTQIA plus community. We're seeing the church push back on those who are advocating for a more inclusive, more open, more loving, more welcoming church. And I think that's something that we're seeing that, you know, that, that power to kind of push people to the margins still. Or maybe having a woman, yeah, you know, in leadership or somebody or somebody who's typically marginalized. And then we're like, we're not celebrating their liberation. You know, yeah. Y'all have any thoughts? <laughs> I think that's like easy to happen. Like I even catch that with myself. Yeah. Like I'm from the south, and there's like these standards, like these ideas, and so seeing different is not seen as a good different, but it's like a this is wrong, right? From our concepts of right and wrong. Um, so, yeah, I think it's easy for us to fall into that trap, even beyond the things we're mentioning, like even beyond the church. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's easy. So it's going against that. Or immigration. Yeah. Like, you'd be surprised that there are not a lot of people who want, who in our culture today, who want people to be free of, of fear. Um, I know we took the Wesley Foundation, the Wesley Foundation took students back in 2017 to Honduras. And, um, you know, there is a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of corruption like any other, any country, 
you know, but a lot of people are fleeing um, because not because they just, I mean, taking that trip with your kids, not just because you want to come here and it would be so easy because it's not, you know, but the fact that they do because if they stay, it, it it's just as dangerous. So it's almost like weighing your cards, you know, and a lot of us are silent about it. We're like, no, we don't have room for you here, you know, and I know it's a touchy um, issue, but if you, if it boils down to someone wanting, wanting safety, you know, why do we get, why are we not as more supportive, you know? Yeah, I, I often, I, when I critique the church today, I often look back at that Acts 2 model of what the church was, um, how the people came together and just lived in true community. And when I think about, you know, the beloved community that Dr. King talked about, I, I think about the church and I, I think I idealize the church. Um, and and I, I think I rightfully should. God has created the church as a beautiful vessel, um, you know, to, to exercise justice and righteousness in our world today. And I think that in so many respects, the church has um, maybe not even lost its power, but kind of lost sense of what our calling is, mm-hmm. uh, that our calling is to go out into the world and to bring God's kingdom here on earth. And so what does the kingdom of God look like? Uh, what is, how do, can we bring God's kingdom here into, you know, this, 20, this 2022 landscape? How do we make that love, that radical inclusivity, that welcoming nature, you know, how do we bring that into fruition in our society, especially in a place, in a country that doesn't welcome the stranger well, that, you know, proposes a lot of individualistic ideals instead of, you know, communal sharing and communal, you know, concern for one another. I think that's, I think that's where I critique the church today. Like, have we lost our sense of calling, mm-hmm. our sense of purpose in the world to go out and to share God's love with all people, mm-hmm. regardless of race, color, creed, orientation, identity, whatever it might be, you know, regardless of the things that could separate us or divide us, you know, crossing those barriers and bringing one another into the fold. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely idealistic. I think it's doable with God's help and God's grace, right? Because <laughs> I think about instantly, like, you think about the fear. You think you're afraid. I, I, I empathize a little bit with the Pharisees, although they always get a bad rap. But I think we're more like them than more like Jesus a lot yeah. of times. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They were comfortable. <laughs> they were comfortable. Yeah, with it's like, on. who are you? You come and do this way? No, you have. It's a. This is this is the way you got to do it. And Jesus, he Jesus Jesus healed on the Sabbath. You know, did thing. He he ate with sinners or people who were outcasts. He did his thing. So, um. I think also it's a fear of opposition. So just to say that I I also understand like that opposition. Who wants to be outcasted? Yeah. Yeah. I see that. I mean, um, when I look, look at history, one thing I think is really interesting in American history is how the nation of Islam helped the black community, especially like when the Black Panthers was like um, growing and developing. And I was, I often question like, was that not the church's place? Like, if we were serving more and we were helping these communities, could we be discipling and could we be serving these people? But who's to say that's not a part of God's church? 
Some people that's would true. say that's that. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. That's your next, that should be one of your, <laughs> and that should I be mean, one episode. That's yeah. a good question. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. And, mm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Look, we are not going to resolve this tonight, but we know that we do possess power. Yeah. We do possess power. It's like, if we are have the courage, I think to me, like my takeaways, if we have the courage to use it, um, and to not be afraid if we're gonna if we're gonna be outcasted, if it's for God's kingdom, if it's for clout, <laughs> like some other people, no comment. I mean, all of us. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be talking about your pastor like that. <laughs> you know, I don't know why people think that. But it's okay, you know. But, um, yeah, any takeaways? And then um, I'm going to segue to you. Um, I think our takeaways are, or mine is, you know, really, like, are we really advocating? Like, I didn't think about, like, we're not really advocating for the immigrants. And not even, like, from one particular country, but in general. Because they are in fear. And we wouldn't want to be in fear. So if we love our neighbor as ourselves. We would be more advocating for them. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think that there is a lot of power in the church if we're able to tap into it. Um, like, um, if we're able to tap, tap into it and like be inclusive and be accepting and really tap into what Jesus has given us. So, yeah, hope that hopefully we move in that direction. We have future pastors here. So, <laughs> and future doctors. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Hopefully, y'all lead us there. Uh, yeah, that's my big takeaway. Like, you know, how, like, what are the ways that we can, you know, change the way we do things, the way we do church uh, to help the church regain what, what power it has lost or to help the church uh, reimagine and redefine what our call and what our purpose is, uh, especially in our world today. So, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Well, um, who's our artist for tonight? Well, uh, we want to thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, we hope that you will join us next time. But before you go, uh, we want to uh, give you a little treat. Uh, we have with us Miss Chastity Jones performing King of Glory by Todd Delaney. Thank you all. See you next time. Bye.